This is Inside the Heart of Change, brought to you by Accenture. Hello and welcome to Inside the Heart of Change. I'm Sheetal, the host on this series that brings together thought leaders from within Accenture and outside of it to explore how today's technological innovations are becoming quite the building blocks of our collective future. Now, the context to this episode of Inside the Heart of Change is this one. The pandemic has clearly transformed many of the priorities and operational realities of the retail industry. Now, as we recover from the pandemic and adapt to these new realities, it is also time for retailers to proactively create a new culture of reinvention, one that enables them to maintain a focus on sustainable growth. Now, along with purpose-led commitments to the environment, social and governance principles, or ESG as we know it, and also digital technology, retailers, we believe, must focus on the imperatives of growth to reset and to grow. On this episode, we will learn about retail's responsible reset. We're about to discuss with our experts the five crucial imperatives for retail's growth in an ever-changing retail market, changing consumer preferences, and above all, what this means for the future of the workforce. Listen in as we unlock strategies by Accenture thought leaders and special industry experts to learn how retailers can get on the front foot to thrive in the years ahead with continuous reinvention. Vision, innovation, drive and progress. Find out what goes on inside the heart of change. Brought to you by Accenture. Before we head into our discussion, allow me to introduce our guests and thought leaders. B. Nagesh, the founder of Train and non-executive chairman of Shopper Stop. Maren Grace, managing director, lead design studio and product innovation. She also leads the sustainability practice for Accenture Song at the Advanced Technology Centers in India or ATCI. Dhruv Bajpai is associate director, group product manager for Accenture's AI.retail solution. Now, if you recall, I began the podcast by talking about the impact the pandemic has had on retail as a sector. Now, Nagesh is someone who's seen the effects of the last two years on retail from really close quarters. Retailers as a whole were hit pretty hard and had to take some really tough decisions. Given those challenges, how has he seen the retail industry evolve? So, I think the way the retail industry is getting defined now is that anybody who's serving the last mile of the customer's journey is part of retail. I mean, the bankers are calling themselves the retail banking, uh, pathologists are calling themselves as the retail pathologists, uh, and of course, you have the Swiggies and the Zomatos, and you have the Amazons and the Flipkart. So, it is no more brick and mortar retail. Yeah, uh, this, this actually got a little more speeded up uh, during the COVID because the consumer habits changed. But if you look at the COVID, I mean, this was one sector which got hit very badly. Because as of that time, uh, brick and mortar retail was still 90-95%, online was 4-5%, and you know brick and mortar was closed all around. But I think one of the things that I, I would love the countrymen to applaud is that in spite of all that, you know, 140 crore people in this country did not have to close their kitchen because there was some retailer somewhere who had opened a store early morning of four o'clock to meet with the regulations of the country. There was some retailer there who could deliver things to your home. Okay. And we ensure that 140 crore Indians actually survived the pandemic. Okay. So this is a human service which the retail industry has done to our country. We did not have any looting, anything that happened, which we have heard in other countries, but it has been tough. Okay. I mean, retail was closed, restaurants were closed. 
So if you ask me, Sethul, the survivors are the ones who either had a great business model or had their own properties so that they did not have to cash out rentals or or companies which are backed by venture capitalists or companies which have uh, traditionally been very conservative and they have capital in the business or large houses like the Reliance and the Tatas and the Birlas who have come in in a very big way uh, or the international players uh, or internationally funded players like the Amazon or Flipkart. Okay, these are the only players who have not had challenges. Yes, they have burned more cash, they've had more losses. Okay, public listed companies had to go through rights issue, whether you look at Arvind, whether you look at Shopstar, whether you look at Aditya Birla. So I think capital became the essence and assets were delivering zero returns for these two years, but everything was closed. More than that, I think many of us had to go through the pain for the first time in the history of retailing in this country, where we had to let go of people because there was nothing, there was no business to actually continue. So this was, I would say, a very, very challenging period. But if you look at it now in the last one year, I would say 75% of the businesses have come back. There's no official record of it, but my guesstimate is 20 to 25% of the businesses have closed down or have changed formats or have changed hands. And you as a consumer must have noticed this, that the 10 or 20 restaurants around your house, you will find that either they're new faces or some of them are not existing. I mean, this gives us a clear idea of what happened to the industry. But why has the industry changed? Why is online coming? Why is Omni happening? I think there are two or three very big influences. I think one is thanks to the government of India and its new policies, digitization has become an essence of our life. Okay. Uh, whether it's WhatsApp from around the world or whether UPI payment from within the country, without digital footprint, without digitization, I as a consumer is not able to survive my own life. Forget whether I'm able to shop or I'm able to buy tickets or whatever, whatever, because it has become an essential part of my life. Uh, and therefore, when COVID came in, when the pandemic happened, I mean, none of us got a lesson on Zoom or MS Teams or Skype. I mean, we just took it on. Okay, none of us had a lesson on Amazon shopping or a big basket or a Flipkart. Okay, it was necessary. I mean, we had a granddaughter during that period and, and we had to buy nappies, we had to buy diapers, we had to buy a few things. Okay, so everybody in the house, including my mother-in-law of 85, okay, could do a voice message on a WhatsApp and get it. So the digital enhancement of the consumers buying and shopping habits got enhanced because the consumer has become very good at Omniplay. Now, Marin has been tracking the retail sector's growth over the last couple of years and her observation as an analyst and expert in the area is that selling is different today in the post-pandemic world. As Nagesh mentioned, change has been rapid. So, what are the trends or patterns that define this new direction in retail? A COVID has changed the retail landscape and it is totally a new retail world. I would say the top five major changes that we are seeing, one, the consumer behaviors has changed and obviously and directly linked to that the cost to serve and the local vicinity that we are today in have become much more important part of the consumer experience in 2020 we just had about 47 percent of the global population shopping online and that went up to 63 percent by 2025 this shift to digital brings additional costs for retailers it includes shipping it includes returns and a lot of lot of other things. The second trend that I see is retail giants are getting further ahead, which means they have already used their digital capabilities during the pandemic to consolidate their position, leaving others trailing even further behind. 
the third change or the third trend that i see is competition for brand awareness is extremely intensifying think about this the digital marketplaces amazon alibaba and others continue to dominate e-commerce nearly about 2.7 trillion dollars spent annually and retailers face a critical choice of whether they have to be competing which means they risk losing a ready made point of access to digital customers or they have to leverage these platforms and risk losing their brand definition that is a complex choice the fourth change that i would like to talk about is the pace of change has increased exponentially this is my favorite sentence the pandemic has accelerated the digitization pro- process by at least a decade and it has now become an essential part of how we function and the last one i would want to talk about is organizational agility is going to be extremely essential the pandemic has been a stark reminder of just how unpredictable the world can be so the retail reset cannot be a one and done exercise retailers must have the organizational agility the technology maturity to keep resetting and keep adapting in line with the fast changing circumstances Now research tells us that globally nearly 80% of retailers believe that their sustainability work increases customer loyalty. So how are retailers approaching this new reality where consumers evaluate companies and even local stores based on their ethical and sustainable practices? Well the answer is adapting to customer preferences. Dhruv and Madan from Accenture help us out with how the industry defines responsible retail. Responsible retail is all about designing every aspect of a business around responsible initiatives which means uh, environmental sustainability on one hand but also adopting ethical practices across the value chain mm-hmm. and uh, and with, and this also includes emphasis on inclusion and diversity a responsible approach to of how organizations are governed which includes responsibility to all stakeholders that can be customers employees partners investors etc Right. So responsible retail is is an enterprise wide commitment which has to be backed by strong leadership collaboration and appropriate communications to all partners and stakeholders. This is Inside the Heart of Change brought to you by Accenture. As retail businesses look to reset in response to the rapidly evolving scenario there is a wider discussion about a continuous reset that will help companies reinvent themselves to become sustainable a holistic effort by retailers to become more agile in their overall approach so what steps have they identified as the main imperatives for their strategy going forward so we have defined five imperatives to enable growth in the post pandemic world The first one is about resetting digital. It's all about aligning the brand for channel-less shopping, focusing on both the top and bottom line while meeting customer expectations. And second, it is about resetting the fulfillment. Activate local fulfillment and use assets. It could be yours or it could be the partnerships with others to make it more profitable. The third is reset sourcing it is all about rethinking the supply base focusing on value expansion sustainability transparency and surety of supply 66% of global consumers report shopping more responsibly now compared to pre-pandemic and resetting talent it's about empowering a digitally enabled 
data fluent and diverse workforce and culture to enable growth and finally it's about data resetting data treat data as your strategic asset and use it to drive decisions making it speed and at scale today only 21% of the retail executives says that they use big data analytics across their organizations for decision making so that means there's so much to do in that space so yeah digital fulfillment sourcing talent and data these are the five imperatives so how does this approach really translate on the ground how does nagesh view this from a retailer's point of view if we have to look at the next 10 years okay difficult to say anything beyond that but i think in the next 10 years the consumption pattern will change and the consumption pattern will change differently for different segment of customers 0 to 12 years will be different 12 to 18 different 18 to 25 different 25 to 35 different 35 to 55 different and 55 and about different okay because the fundamental shift that's happening in the demographics of this country is very strong very strong and very different so for example a lot of people my father retired at 58 and made his house from the pension funds that he has okay i have built my house much much earlier my children are not dependent on me they earning they don't want a rupee from me so suddenly i have a lot of disposable spend available with me okay and there are lots of us in the 55 to 65 not only in the upper class but upper middle class middle class also who have this kind of additional uh, cash flow available but how many retailers are actually serving them i mean wherever you go you actually with the white hair gray hair okay sometimes you feel you're not welcome okay or how many campaigns are being done how many products are being created for this segment of customers very little so this is going to be a huge huge opportunity i am seeing a large number of retailers brands who will actually start looking at the 55 plus as a large segment of customers so that's one thing but when you're dealing with this set of customers then the way you deal with the 12 to 18 and 18 to 25 versus the 55 to 65 is going to be very very different so therefore the way you keep the store the way you, uh, you know train your people different in fact yesterday i got a message and it's very interesting a store in europe has created a cash counter for slow billing so can you imagine all of us want our billing to be very fast we don't want to wait at the counter okay this counter is meant for slow billing so slow billing is not because the technology doesn't work this is the place where elderly 65 and above can come and they can chat with the cashier while they are billing <laughs> right yeah. today today if a customer in front of you is chatting with the cashier you would be irritated to say are why the hell can't she finish the cashiering and run away here yeah. people are standing in queue because they want to chat with the cashier because they don't have family to come and chat with them so look at look at this paradigm shift in the way the business is being conducted so to me this is a very very important part uh, which is going to change and retailers will have to reorganize that however when it comes to the 25 to 35 these are all generations which have grown in the digital area and this generation i would say including 18 to 25 is going very very big on online right. and there are two or three things happening one is they are going online second is they are going minimalistic in many of their consumptions okay for example their their fashion apparel consumption they are going minimalistic but their food and uh, travel and and adventure they are going berserk yeah okay so we again have to shift okay which means that the fashion guys have to shift to adventurous clothes or they have to sell more of denims or or they have to look at more of shorts or or they have to have adventure clothing okay and the and the travel and tourism industry has to start looking at uh, 
uh, Airbnb to whatever, whatever from a hundred rupee youth hostel. Uh, okay, you you have seen that hostel which is opened up. Okay, to a luxury which is charging twenty five thousand rupees a day. I mean, we saw that Varanasi to Dibrugarh cruise has been launched at at twenty five thousand rupees a night in Varanasi, the first cruise of the country. So, so I think that the spectrum of customers that we will get is very different, and their behaviors are very different. The main shift in retail that retailers have to contend with is hybrid shopping. Hybrid shopping reached 57.8% in 2021, and that's a significant shift in how people the world over are buying what they need or what they want. So, how are retail businesses then looking to engage customers with their brand in this new altered scenario? See, eventually every retailer aspires to increase the customer lifetime value. That's a holy grail. Customer lifetime value is called CLTV. Right. Is how much a customer would be potentially purchasing with the brand. Mm-hmm. To increase the CLTV, retailers need to understand who their customers are, get a 360-degree view across all their touch points, okay. and comprehend the real intent why they are engaging with the brand. Not only you know, purchasing the brand, but engaging with the brand, mm-hmm. and then focus their personalized offerings or the way you interact with the customers aligned to their intent of engagement. Right. Now, every customer is different. So it's not, as I mentioned, it's not just enough to comprehend their purchase history, but it's also very important to comprehend their behavioral aspect. What product uh, do they search on a website or do they browse? Their product affinity, which categories are they spending more time on a website? Their price sensitivity, uh, do they research a lot before a purchase or are they impulse buyers? These and many other interactions uh, uh, define the engagement behavior and right. becomes a foundation to provide any personal experience. Got so currently, I'm playing the role of a group product manager of Accenture's AI retail solution, hmm. where one of our key offerings is to provide customer 360 review and contextual personalized engagement, okay. which leads to higher conversion, higher basket size, and eventually a higher CLTV. Finally, uh, retailers need to rethink not only about e-commerce transaction, but a full suite of digital commerce capabilities, including store pickup, order tracking, after-sales support. And ensure that the right product are in the right place, uh, with all channels integrated across customer experience, merchandising, supply chain, and operations. It is time for retailers to bring their products to where the consumer is, and not the other way around. You cannot expect the consumers to come to you, but you have to be going to where the consumers are. The second one I would talk about is the brand visibility. See, everybody is going online, right? It's important how you stand out from the noise. I would say you should marry convenient one-click customer journeys with creative storytelling that puts brand experience at the heart of it. Third, ensure that the right product is available at the right place with all channels integrated across customer experience, merchandising, and operation. And finally, it is about the right operating model. As the nature of retail changes. Retailers should rethink the organization and cost structure to be agile enough to capitalize on emerging digital markets while remaining profitable. So our business models in retail have to be developed, keeping the last mile in picture, because there are also that 50-60% of the lower echelons of our society which have to grow with us. Correct. Okay. Otherwise, they'll find alternatives. Government regulations will keep easing. Digitization is going to be a very big one. So, for example, you have seen the impact of UPI. And and the good part of what the government is doing is they are creating platforms and runways and highways, okay, and allowing private businesses to come and run their vehicles on it. Okay, I mean UPI is a government initiative. The number one, number two player is a Google Pay and a 
phone pay you know both both international giants right. okay similarly you must have heard about ondc which the government is creating which is uh, a network for digital commerce okay and this network for digital commerce will be available from a small kirana to amazon and flipkart to come out okay this will change the dimension of the way businesses are done provided it succeeds because it is backed by somebody like anandan who has created aadhar and created upi okay i'm confident this will happen right. so some of these changes in the environment and the regulations would also will have to be taken into consideration when the retailers are growing the last thing which is very important and here i think the government and all of us have to change our mindsets okay this current generation of retailers did not have the ability to study and educate themselves or skill themselves okay at 16 14 16 they were put into the store to run the store mm. okay but they have earned enough to put their children into better education and those better educated children are not coming back to run traditional stores okay one is because of pride and respect and second is because maybe the generation doesn't want to change or they don't want to invest but this is a big big challenge that not only retailers but all msmes in the country are facing so until as we as a country we as a nation are welcoming youngsters to come into traditional businesses so young entrepreneur starting fresh is good but you already have 12 million retailers you have 30 million msmes somebody has to run that so i think we will have to create a way to get the generational shift where the next generation comes back into the family business and take the family business to a better level from where they Speaking of customer expectations, fulfillment is also an aspect that is undergoing a reset. So, what are the imperatives in this area, and what steps do the experts recommend retailers take? Only forty-nine percent of retail executives agree that their organizations are currently meeting customer expectations for order fulfillment. To reset fulfillment, uh, retailers must activate local fulfillment and use these assets either theirs or through partnership with others to make it profitable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, retailers should now be using data and AI to predict how best to serve the most profitable, high-value customers, and ensure that they are keep coming back uh, to you. Right. Second, retailers must uh, reconfigure the integrated supply chain and store networks, mm-hmm. uh, which is the regional distribution centers, micro fulfillment centers, dark stores, and so on. Uh, they need to have multiple fulfillment options to satisfy uh, demand more profitability. But that's very important. Profitability is very important here. And in case of any disruption, data AI should be leveraged to provide what-if scenarios across fulfillment cost, sustainability factors, fulfillment time, etc., and provide actionable recommendations to retailers. Mm-hmm. Third is on home delivery. So the last mile can make or break customer relationship. So right. transparency is key here, including real-time order tracking. Learn about the core innovations that are transforming the way our world works. This is Inside the Heart of Change, brought to you by Accenture. When we speak of a reset in retail, one of the big factors that is making a difference is the importance of sustainability to consumers. More than half of all shoppers, and this, by the way, is worldwide, say that they've now permanently shifted to more environmentally friendly, sustainable, and ethical purchases. That's a big change, and it affects sourcing, which makes it a challenge in terms of logistics. So, how are retailers planning to balance these sustainability targets with supplier costs? You're so right. Sixty-six percent of global consumers report shopping more responsibly now compared to the pre-pandemic. Right now, this creates a 
whole new valuation for retail to balance supplier cost against the level of service and sustainability and resilience i think retailers can benefit from collaboration on product development planning and fulfillment the surety of supply retailers must reassess and reprioritize the risk at each node of the supply network and profitable sustainability when you say sustainability is expensive i think that is a myth mm. sustainability and responsibility can be achieved while reducing cost and finally it is about the digital sourcing right supply networks should be asset light and prioritize flexibility as well as optimal speed to market i think it is all about bringing all of these together to create the new value equation for retail So there goes the myth that sustainability is expensive. Now, shifting focus from consumers to businesses and organizations, there is a need to continually refresh the skills of the retail workforce in terms of tech innovation, automation, new ways of working that demand new skill sets and more. Retailers are training their employees to become more adaptive and future ready in ways that serve people, serve communities and also serve their business imperatives. So right now uh, only 57% of non-managerial retail workers believe that their potential has been fully realized at work. Mm. This is because very few retailers have invested proactively in new skills and new ways of working. So resetting talent can be achieved by one ensuring your workforce is adaptive, digitally enabled, data fluent and diverse. Mm. To retain and upskill your existing people while hiring a new talent in an employee led marketplace environment right mm-hmm. and define a purpose driven culture that sustains equality and diversity mm-hmm. where employees feel that they have a chance to advance and to thrive right. and to learn so i think this is probably one of the very very key factors okay and this also not at a organizational level but at a national level i mean if you are bringing a million graduates a year okay on a monthly or quarterly or whatever the numbers are Okay, these million graduates at twenty, twenty-two, twenty-five have to survive the next thirty-five years of their career, or even if you say that they work for up to fifty, next twenty-five years of the career, and if the next twenty-five is going to be all futuristic skills which don't come from the past, yeah. then the only skills of the past is people management and being a team player. Rest of the skills you have to learn. So we always wondered, you know, doctors and dentists, you know, they had to upgrade their skills every day, every week. Okay, but many of us in our management, we didn't have to study to upgrade our skills. We upgraded our skills just by being part of the teams. Okay, now that is not going to be applicable anymore. Okay, so if you ask me again, there are three three segments of our business which have to change. One is the leadership. Currently, the in the traditional businesses, all the leadership are still in their fifties. Okay, they are not the digital natives. Okay, so first they have to upskill themselves, and this is a big challenge. How many CEOs and CXOs, okay, say that I want to go through digital literacy? Yeah. Okay. In fact, in one of the boards I was, that company actually went and did a survey, and they found out what is the digital quotient of the company, and then they realized the digital quotient is X on ten, and then they hired somebody who came, and the CXOs had to go through that course, and then they said digital quotient has moved twenty percent up. So okay, now they are at average level compared to the industry. but how many organizations do that on the middle management because they in the 35s they still have a career there there are two things see when you say skill one is development which is self development the second is development which is organizational development i think somewhere the consciousness has to come that the responsibility of skill development is not only of the organization but the individual also has to 
go through a self-development. And I think that's very, very critical. Organizations, you know, as part of the thing, they will send you to this program, but never say which program did you attend. I mean, did you take 2% of your salary to put on self-development? You must have spent 5% of salary on buying a luxury product. Okay, but that will remain with you in a wardrobe. But have you spent 2% of salary in upgrading your skills? No. So, so to me, that the middle level has to really go through this. The tougher part of it is that the social behavior in organizations, which has got less to do with skilling, hard skilling, but more to do with soft skilling, is going astray all over the place. One is because of the more number of youngsters coming in and their own uh, influences uh, from the social media and people around is very different than the organizations which are traditional. And the second is work from home. So to me, the challenge more is going to be how do you how do you play it as a team? To me, the challenge will be that how do you really create an environment which says work is life and life is work? The front end, which is generally 90% of most uh, organizations, whether they're working in the factory or they're working in the on the field or in retail, Okay, they have to be skilled even before they join. Mm. And that has to change a little bit. I have my own angst as a part of RAI, as part of NSDC to say NSDC was designed to skill, but not designed to skill for livelihood creation. Mm. Okay, so when you don't design to skill for livelihood creation, then what happens is that you're skilled, but you don't have a job. Okay, or your skilling doesn't get you a job. Or if you have skilled, you don't get an appropriate job. So for a skilled employee and an unskilled employee, as somebody who's gone through 60 days of training and somebody who's not gone through the same salary in the organization, he says, why the hell did I spend 60 days killing myself? So that whole platform has to change. And if you don't change, the bigger challenge is the next generation will also not come out better. Yeah. So for example, if my factory worker who earns 25,000 is not conscious about what is required for him, then he and his wife will not be able to make their children conscious. And therefore, the next generation will also come at the same level. That if you don't build capabilities, you can't build capacity. I think to me, that is the key word for it. You know, everybody says, I'll grow. But how will you grow if your people don't grow? Learn about the core innovations that are transforming the way our world works. This is Inside the Heart of Change, brought to you by Accenture. Data is a game changer. And one of the most important imperatives, data sits at the heart of every retail enterprise. It guides decisions, helps optimize operations and facilitates exceptional customer experience. Retailers, therefore, need to look at data as a strategic asset that informs and even drives decision making. So this requires a significant shift, shift in approach for most retailers. Only a handful of companies, less than 5% of the global 1,000, have made any significant headway in, on this journey. Mm-hmm. So while retailers are swimming out in data, uh, that can help them make sense of the complex landscape. But there are functional silos and a lack of strong data governance, which makes it difficult for them uh, to get an enterprise-wide data insights. Getting the full value of data also means focusing on business outcomes and specific use cases, mm-hmm. and the changing culture and the ways of working across organization and with their partners. Right. Data matters. Uh, so uh, leaders should recognize that as little as 10% of the data can drive huge business value. So like creating personalized experience for customers to increase customer acquisition, improve brand engagement, then data and AI can recommend product ranges that can be carried in various channels and the five products that are driving unique sales for high value customers 
data and AI can create tailored supply chain strategies to maximize sales and profitability right. while enhancing customer experience. So leveraging data effectively can lead to anything between two to four percent EBITDA impact mm -hmm. uh, within two years of investing into such initiatives. One of the innovations that has gained ground in the recent past is distributed edge computing. Experts have spoken about how it offers more value for data, more control over your data, as well as more resilience. But how does distributed edge computing improve or automate decision making for retailers? So distributed edge computing uh, can enable automated decision making by giving personalized product recommendations as a customer shop uh, in a stores. Right. So imagine being able to give tailored and context-specific suggestions and offers to customers while they're walking in a store, on interactive screens, or their smartphones. So edge computing enables uh, the retailer to introduce such cutting-edge immersive experiences. Uh, this is particularly powerful in segments like beauty and apparel, hmm. where the ability to have augmented reality try-ons, virtual try-ons, or makeups uh, or clothing can generally transform the customer experience. To understand what the future of retail in India could look like and what skills will be required to succeed in such a dynamic sector, we need to understand how the retail industry is shaping India. Marin makes the case. You know what, as per, as per a report by Forrester Research in 2020, Indian retail market was estimated at $883 billion. Now, according to a recent uh, National Skill Development Corporation report, India will require 56 million skilled workers in the retail sector in 2022. Now, the retail market, a skilled workforce is required for the smooth functioning of the various departments. Now, some examples of the skilled workforce segments in the retail industry are IT skills, communication skills, customer service skills, numeracy, marketing and management. And the future of the retail industry lies in the skilled workforce. And such a workforce is going to ensure that the industry grows at a sustainable rate also while creating new jobs. In terms of the growth, because India is growing, because Indians are growing and there's a shift in demographics, the opportunity to retail is going to be continuously growing. But to capture that, you require huge amount of capital because two things are opening. You can open a lot many stores in this country, but you also have to have omni-channel pay, which means your investments in technology, investment in people, investment in skilling will be required. And therefore, you're already seeing a huge polarization of modern retail. The large houses, large businesses, which have huge amount of capital to invest, are actually growing at double or triple the speed. So I would, I would say that our country will see huge growth and a large portion of the growth is going to be cap captured by capitalists and people who have a lot of capital. Basic skills required to begin with are social skills, English communication, or better conversation, and basic computer skills. In our program of 45 days, we're spending a lot of time on retail selling skills. Okay, as we go and research and we find that retail selling skills, they catch up very fast on the floor. But communication and conversation is difficult. Because you require storytelling and storytelling doesn't happen with communication, it has to be a conversation because you have to engage the customers. Yeah? So this is the basic, basic skill that you require. So there you go, some great learnings from our expert panel on this episode of Inside the Heart of Change on Retail's Responsible Reset. The ground is shifting, so to speak, in retail. There are new challenges due to circumstances, changing consumer requirements and in talent management. And 
it is fascinating to watch businesses, organizations and even individuals adapt to the new scenario and create as well as seize the opportunities thrown up by this churn. Many thanks to our experts from Accenture, Madan Grace and Dhruv Bajpai for sharing their valuable inputs on Accenture's industry analysis and data. And certainly a huge thanks to our guest BS Nagesh who helped provide a very useful perspective on how the big trends and shifts in retail are playing out on the ground and how these will shape the future of retail in India. Thank you for listening. This is Inside the Heart of Change brought to you by Accenture. 